0: Le'olam Va Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, October 24th. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the Biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal-clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10.17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart Hebrews 4:12. The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the bread Hadesha. Today we continue the Torah portion Noah, and it means rest. Genesis 7 1 16. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, Go into the boat with all your family, for among all the people of the earth I can see that you alone are righteous. Take with you seven pairs, male and female, of each animal I have approved for eating and for sacrifice, and take one pair of each of the others. Also take seven pairs of every kind of bird. There must be a male and a female in each pair to ensure that all life will survive on the earth after the flood. Seven days from now I will make the rains pour down on the earth and it will rain for forty days and forty nights until I have wiped from the earth all the living things I have created. So Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood covered the earth. He went on board the boat to escape the flood, he and his wife and his sons and their wives. With them were all the various kinds of animals those approved for eating and for sacrifice, and those that were not, along with all the birds and the small animals that scurry along the ground. They entered the boat in pairs, male and female, just as God had commanded Noah. After seven days, the waters of the flood came and covered the earth. When Noah was six hundred years old, On the seventeenth day of the second month all the underground waters erupted from the earth and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky. The rain continued to fall for forty days and forty nights. That very day Noah had gone into the boat with his wife and his sons Shem, Ham and Japheth, and their wives. With them in the boat were pairs of every kind of animal domestic and wild large and small along with birds of every kind. two by two they came into the boat representing every living thing that breathes. a male and female of each kind entered just as God had commanded Noah then the Lord closed the door behind them Jeremiah 4424 to 47. Seven. Then Jeremiah said to them all, including the women, Listen to this message from the Lord, all you citizens of Judah who live in Egypt. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. You and your wives have said, We will keep our promises to burn incense and pour out liquid offerings in the Queen of Heaven. And you have proved by your actions that you meant it. So go ahead and carry out your promises and vows to her. But listen to this message from the Lord, all you Judeans now living in Egypt. I have sworn by my great name, says the Lord, that my name will no longer be spoken by any of the Judeans in the land of Egypt. None of you may invoke my name or use this oath, as surely as the Sovereign Lord lives. For I will watch over you to bring you disaster and not good. Everyone from Judah who is now living in Egypt will suffer war and famine until all of you are dead. Only a small number will escape death and return to Judah from Egypt. Then all those who came to Egypt will find out whose words are true, mine or theirs. And this is the proof I give you, says the Lord, that all I have threatened will happen to you and that I will punish you here. This is what the Lord says. I will turn Pharaoh, Hophra, king of Egypt, over to his enemies who want to kill him, just as I turned King Zedekiah of Judah over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. The prophet Jeremiah gave a message to Baruch, son of Neriah, in the fourth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, after Baruch had written down everything Jeremiah had dictated to him. He said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to you, Baruch. You have said, I am overwhelmed with trouble. Haven't I had enough pain already? And now the Lord has added more. I am worn out from sighing and can find no rest. Baruch, this is what the Lord says. I will destroy this nation that I built. I will uproot what I planted. Are you seeking great things for yourself? Don't do it. I will bring great disaster upon all these people, but I will give you your life as a reward wherever you go. I, the Lord, have spoken. The following messages were given to Jeremiah the prophet from the Lord concerning foreign nations. This message concerning Egypt was given in the fourth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, the king of Judah, on the occasion of the battle of Carchemish, when Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, and his army were defeated beside the Euphrates River, by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Prepare your shields and advance into battle. Harness the horses and mount the stallions. Take your positions, put on your helmets, sharpen your spears and prepare your armor. But what do I see? The Egyptian army flees in terror. The bravest of its fighting men run without a backward glance. They are terrorized at every turn, says the Lord. The swiftest runners cannot flee. The mightiest warriors cannot escape. By the Euphrates River to the north they stumble and fall. Who is this rising like the Nile at flood time, overflowing all the land? It is the Egyptian army overflowing all the land boasting that it will cover the earth like a flood, destroying cities and their people. Charge, you horses and chariots! Attack, you mighty warriors of Egypt! Come, all you allies from Ethiopia, Libya, and Lydia, who are skilled with the shield and bow. For this is the day of the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, a day of vengeance on his enemies. The sword will devour until it is satisfied. Yes, until it is drunk with your blood. The Lord, the Lord of Heaven's armies, will receive a sacrifice today in the north country beside the Euphrates River. Go up to Gilead to get medicine, O virgin daughter of Egypt. But your many treatments will bring you no healing. The nations have heard of your shame. The earth is filled with your cries of despair. Your mightiest warriors will run into each other and fall down together. Then the Lord gave the prophet Jeremiah this message about King Nebuchadnezzar's plans to attack Egypt. Shout it out in Egypt, publish it in the cities of Migdal, Memphis, and Tappanese. Mobilize for battle, for the sword will devour everyone around you. Why have your warriors fallen? They cannot stand, for the Lord has knocked them down they stumble and fall over each other, and say among themselves, Come, let's go back to our people, to the land of our birth. Let's get away from the sword of the enemy. There, they will say, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is a loudmouth who missed his opportunity. As surely as I live, says the king, whose name is Yahweh Savaiot, the Lord of Heaven's armies. One is coming against Egypt, who is as tall as Mount Tabor, or as Mount Carmel by the sea, pack up, get ready to leave for exile, you citizens of Egypt. The city of Memphis will be destroyed without a single inhabitant. Egypt is as sleek as a beautiful heifer, but a horsefly from the north is on its way. Egypt's mercenaries have become like fattened calves. They too will turn and run, for it is a day of great disaster for Egypt. A time of great punishment. Egypt flees, silent as a serpent gliding away. The invading army marches in. They come against her with axes like woodsmen. They will cut down her people like trees, says the Lord, for they are most numerous than locusts. Egypt will be humiliated. She will be handed over to the people from the north. The Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, I will punish Ammon, the god of Thebes, and all the other gods of Egypt. I will punish its rulers and Pharaoh too, and all who trust in him. I will hand them over to those who want them killed, to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and his army. But afterward the land will recover from the ravages of war. I, the Lord, have spoken. But do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismissed, Israel, for I will bring you home again from distant lands, and your children will return from their exile. Israel will return to a life of peace and quiet, and no one will terrorize them. Do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant, for I am with you, says the Lord. I will completely destroy the nations to which I have exiled you. But I will not completely destroy you. I will discipline you, but with justice. I cannot let you go unpunished. This is the Lord's message to the prophet Jeremiah concerning the Philistines of Gaza before it was captured by the Egyptian army. This is what the Lord says. A flood is coming from the north to overflow the land. It will destroy the land and everything in it, cities and people alike. People will scream in terror and everyone in the land will wail. Hear the clatter of stallions' hooves and the rumble of wheels as the chariots rush by. Terrified fathers run madly without a backward glance at their helpless children. The time has come for the Philistines to be destroyed, along with their allies from Tyre and Sidon. Yes, the Lord is destroying the remnant of the Philistines these colonists from the land of Crete. Gaza will be humiliated, its head shaved bald. Ashkelon will lie silent. You remnant from the Mediterranean coast, how long will you cut yourselves in mourning? Now, O Sword of the Lord, when will you be at rest again? Go back into your sheath, rest, and be still. But how can it be still? when the Lord has sent it on a mission for the city of Ashkelon and the people living along the sea must be destroyed. 2 Timothy 2.22-3.17 2, Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to to do whatever he wants. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money, They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they are never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janus and Jambres. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach, and how I live, and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Yeshua will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Yeshua. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Psalm 94, 1-23 O Lord, the God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, let your glorious justice shine forth. Arise, O judge of the earth. Give the proud what they deserve. How long, O Lord? How long will the wicked be allowed to gloat? How long will they speak with arrogance? How long will these evil people boast? They crush your people, Lord, hurting those you claim as your own. They kill widows and foreigners and murder orphans. The Lord isn't looking, they say, and besides, the God of Israel doesn't care. Think again, you fools! When will you finally catch on? Is he deaf, the one who made your ears? Is he blind, the one who formed your eyes? He punishes the nations. Won't he also punish you? He knows everything. Doesn't he also know what you are doing? The Lord knows people's thoughts. He knows they are worthless. Joyful are those you discipline, Lord those you teach with your instructions. You give them relief from troubled times, until a pit is dug to capture the wicked. The Lord will not reject his people. He will not abandon his special possession. Judgment will again be founded on justice, and those with virtuous hearts will pursue it. Who will protect me from the wicked? Who will stand up for me against evildoers? Unless the Lord had helped me, I would soon have settled in the silence of the grave. I cried out, I am slipping, but your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Can unjust leaders claim that God is on their side, leaders whose decrees permit injustice? They gang up against the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord is my fortress. My God is the mighty rock where I hide. God will turn the sins of evil people back on them. He will destroy them for their sins. The Lord our God will destroy them. Proverbs 26, 6-8 Trusting a fool to convey a message is like cutting off one's feet or drinking poison. A proverb in the mouth of a fool is as useless as a paralyzed leg. Honoring a fool is as foolish as tying a stone to a slingshot. I'd like to speak to you today from Jeremiah chapter 46, and then we're going to jump into 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 3. And in chapter 46 of Jeremiah, we see a word from the Lord regarding how he's going to be dealing with Egypt. And I remind you once again of our principle. Biblical history is prophecy. So the events that have been laid out for us and described for us in how Egypt was judged long ago historically are also a prophetic blueprint for a future time. And we can say that Egypt, that's described here, is also in the future talking about a type of Egypt, which is those of us who are living in the world. Egypt is a type of the world. When the Hebrews came out of Egypt after the ten plagues, they left Egypt, the world, behind them, and they began to follow the God of Israel. So in chapter 46, verses 10, it is written, For this is the day of the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, Yahweh Sabaoth, a day of vengeance on his enemies. The sword will devour until it is satisfied. Yes, until it is drunk with your blood. The Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, will receive a sacrifice today, In the North Country, beside the Euphrates River. And again, when it talks about the armies in the North Country, this is a Ramez hint, hinting at the coalition of nations in the North that come down to Israel to attack Israel in the Gog-Magog War, and it's also a remez hint pointing us to the coalition of nations of the north that are going to attack, militarily attack, the end-of-days daughter-of-Babylon nation, spoken of in Jeremiah 50 and 51, which I believe that end-of-days daughter-of-Babylon nation is America. But it goes on to say, in the same chapter, chapter 46, Starting in verse 27. But do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel. Let me just pause right there. Who is he talking to? Is he talking to the Jews? Who is he talking to? Well, who is the covenant family of Yeshua? The covenant family of Yeshua is the whole house of Israel, or the house of Jacob. The house of Jacob includes all 12 tribes. Jacob had 12 sons. Those 12 sons became the tribal heads of the 12 tribes. So it includes both northern kingdom, that is the 10 tribes of the north, and southern kingdom, Judah and Benjamin, the two tribes of the south. So that's who he's talking to. Now, I believe these verses, as I continue, are speaking about a future prophetic time. It's speaking about the time known as Jacob's Trouble. And Jacob's Trouble is intense. It's the birth pangs that Yeshua speaks of in Matthew 24 and 25. And Jacob's Trouble is a period of time that is three and a half years, 1260 days, as mentioned in Revelation chapter 12. But do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel, for I will bring you home again from distant lands, and your children will return from their exile. Israel will return to a life of peace and quiet, and no one will terrorize them. So this is a promise that he's going to engather his children, all twelve tribes, from all the nations where they have been driven into exile. So this is inclusive of the non-Jews who are part of God's family. This is uh, pointing us to the greater exodus, that there is a redemption to come. Continuing on, Israel will return to a life of peace and quiet, and no one will terrorize them. Do not be afraid, Jacob. My servant, for I am with you, says the Lord. I will completely destroy the nations to which I have exiled you. But I will not completely destroy you. I will discipline you, but with justice. I cannot let you go unpunished. So again, this is future prophetic. This is talking about the future judgment of all the nations when Yeshua returns. He's going to deal with the evil and the corruption in all the nations. He's saying that, yes, Jacob, you're going to go through some trials and tribulations. I have to punish you, but I'm not going to destroy you. Now I want to turn to a passage in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Actually, Second Timothy chapter 3. And we'll look at verses 1 through 5, because this is giving us a heads up and a warning about what it's going to be like in the last days. It's to give you a clue about what what you'll be facing, what you'll be dealing with in the last days. Chapter 3, verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Have you experienced any of that in your interactions with people? With perhaps family members? or co-workers at work, or just in the public, or even as you drive down the highway, the freeway? I'm sure many of you have, as have I. So when we go through this, and someone is unloving and unforgiving to us, when someone slanders us, when we feel betrayal, we should not be surprised. The Lord has warned us ahead of time. And furthermore, think about it. Yeshua said, as in the days of Noah, so it shall be with the coming of the Son of Man. What was it like in the days of Noah? Well, there was marrying, partying, I mean marriage. But people were extremely selfish and there was great sin in the world. And the sin was so great that God was so grieved. He was grieved that he even ever created mankind. And how he must grieve today when he looks upon the entire earth and he sees all of the sin that goes on. Child trafficking, the sex slave trade, Millions that are aborted in the womb, innocent babies murdered. The high crime rate in the big cities. The lack of justice in the court system. The political persecution of his people. The abuse. The greed and the corruption How this must grieve his heart. And so at a certain point, God is going to draw a line in the sand and say, Enough, enough, except that those days were shortened, none would survive. At a certain point, there will be a line in the sand, and the Lord will say, Enough, and he will then send his son Yeshua. And the great last chapter of this age will begin to unfold. Beloved, I pray right now for each and every one listening. Father, I ask for endurance and for perseverance. Help us to stay the course. Help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us to trust in you each day. And may your endurance and your perseverance and your inner strength, your inner character strengthen us to walk through these days. I know that many may be in grief. Or they are in hardship. They are in difficult times. Father, I pray that you will give us an extra second wind of your spirit today. Give us endurance and perseverance to keep on walking, to just walk on through the storm. Yeshua, we thank you that we are not alone and that you are with us every step of the way in this journey. We thank you for your loving kindness, that you are our husband, you are our betrothed, and your eyes are upon us. You walk with us and we thank you for your comfort, for your mercy, for your grace, for your love. We bless you, and we praise you, and we thank you. In Yeshua's name, amen.
1: ye Adonai aduna na na filakha vekhun ne na the Aaronic
0: Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you.